Sundials, Part Two, by Warrington Hogg. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The visitor occasionally finds in out-of-the-way places primitive forms of dials, such as were used in Saxon, Norman, Early English, and Medieval times, and which, naturally enough, have a special charm of their own. A good hunting ground for them, it seems to me, is on the south walls or doorways of our Norman and Early English churches, especially those which have escaped so-called restoration there is one at liminge on the south wall of the venerable church well worthy of notice the church itself bevan quotes as being one of the three most interesting in kent as well as one of the most ancient in the country it has distinct traces of roman and anglo-saxon masonry the fact being that a roman basilica first of all existed there then a saxon church was built on its site and later another church which was added to by different archbishops wareham cardinal morton and others of the basilica the foundations and portions of the apse were brought to light by the efforts of the well-known enthusiast in things antiquarian canon jenkins who is rector and vicar of liminge he himself telling me many interesting facts pertaining to the dial it is cut rudely but to a considerable depth on a stone which undoubtedly originally formed part of a roman villa villa maxima de liminge and is now built as one of the cornerstones into the south wall of the nave which wall was st dunstan's work about nine sixty five a d its position is about five feet four inches above the present ground level and about fourteen feet to the right of an inscription pointing out the burial place of st ethelburga the queen 633 to 647 a.d daughter of king ethelbert and wife of edwin of northumbria at mersham a little village between smeath and ashford there are to be seen traces of no fewer than seven ancient circular dials on the south doorway of the church mainly early english five being on the right hand side and two on the left a protecting porch of later date helping to preserve them the largest one measures nine inches in diameter and is still very distinct the hole where the style or gnomon had originally been is deep and about three feet above ground level and the radiating hour lines ten in number are regular in their disposition and end in little drilled holes the other dials are irregular partially obliterated and so arbitrary in their arrangement that it is somewhat puzzling to decide as to how they could all of them have possibly told the same time at barfriston church is a dial somewhat of the same type carved on the left-hand side of the richly decorated norman south doorway and at patricksbourne on a similar doorway traces of four dials may be distinctly seen smeath and swingfield churches both possess dials of a like character but in the latter case they have been partly choked up with cement apparently at the time of the restoration of the church a few years ago at warehorn church mainly early english is a stone built into the wall about four feet above the present ground level and one foot to the right of a south doorway upon which is carved an ancient vertical dial 
which evidently belonged to a still earlier edifice in dover museum is a curious type of dial which according to mr loftus brock is of roman workmanship it was found in eighteen sixty two in dover on the site of the ancient church of st martin's le grand founded by wictred king of kent six ninety three to seven twenty five a d it is a cube of oolite between four and five inches square with one heart-shaped two semicylindrical and two triangular formed dials hollowed out of its sides the rev r dixon another expert on the subject is of opinion that it was an engraved horizontal dial made originally for some site in central france or switzerland and brought to dover with the expectation that it would give the correct solar time there a similar mistake was made in the year 263 bc by valerius messala who under the same belief brought a sicilian sundial to rome but whichever view is right and both theories are of interest it seems to me to be more fascinating to dream about the story of the centuries this sun-kissed stone had its speech could tell us ere it was ticketed and shelved in a local museum one does not often come across a cannon sundial like the one given in my sketch it is in the entrance hall of chillington manor house now maidstone museum and embodies a decidedly ingenious idea my readers will note that a burning glass is carefully focused over the touch hole of a miniature loaded cannon timed to go off each day at noon it is made of metal and is fixed to a circular slab of marble about a foot and a half in diameter upon which are cut the radiating hour lines of the dial and its maker's name as follows victor chevalier ingenieur brevetet quai l'horloge seventy seven a paris on the ruins of wingfield manor in derbyshire are still to be seen two dials simple in form and design which were placed there some time about sixteen seventy eight by emmanuel holton astronomer and mathematician to whom the manor house then belonged and who during his life made many alterations to render the place shattered by cromwell and his followers fit for his abode the dial given is over the bay window of the banqueting hall the fine tracery of which still remains intact the other being placed over one of the windows adjoining the state rooms wingfield manor house is rich in historic associations it is mentioned in doomsday book and was given by william of normandy to his illegitimate son william peverell it afterwards became the home of ralph lord cromwell henry the sixth treasurer of the exchequer mary queen of scots passed many long months of captivity there in one of the western apartments of the inner quadrangle and later it was the scene of one of the most obstinately contested struggles that mark that unhappy period when king charles i fought for his crown and his parliament for its power at the little village of denton a few miles from canterbury in a cottage garden stands a fine red brick and plaster dial of quite another type it is about fifty years old and was built by one richard webb a master mason the workmanship is truly excellent the mortar joints throughout not being more than one sixteenth of an inch in thickness the porch of the cottage is by the same cunning hand and attracts much attention by reason of its fine craftsmanship wimborne minster dorset boasts a dial which must not be missed 
it is dated 1732 and used to be perched on the gable of the north transept but when mr j l pearson r a the eminent architect restored the church some few years ago it was taken down and placed temporarily under the yew tree in the minster yard where alas it stands unto this day it was not deemed desirable owing to its great weight to replace it in its original position and mr pearson has designed for it a fine pedestal so that it can eventually be placed somewhere to the south-west of the minster yard a lack of funds being the only preventive to this becoming un fait accompli it is of stone six feet in height its south face is four feet in width and its east and west faces three feet respectively each of which bears a gnomon a somewhat unusual feature in the garden of the residence of j cresswell esq c e at dover is a dial with five gnomons upon a handsome stone pedestal the plate is of slate designed and engraved by r melvin london but no date is given the largest gnomon is in the centre and the four smaller of equal dimensions at each corner upon the plate are engraved three mottoes as follows sic transit gloria mundi so passeth the glory of the world away horus non numero nisi serenas i count the bright hours only sol non oxidat super iracundium vestrum let not the sun go down upon your wrath ephesians four twenty six the large gnomon in the centre of the plate gives our own solar time that in the north-west corner gives new york time morning that in the north-east corner alexandria time afternoon that in the south-west isle of borneo time evening and that in the south-east corner new zealand time night on the outer border of the central dial immediately beyond the numerals the names of sixty-nine places are engraved so that practically the time the world over may be readily calculated the outside measure of the pedestal is slightly under two feet square and the whole is rather over four feet in height it is picturesquely situated on the dover hills dover castle which is quite close lying due east of it in short it is a fascinating and singularly complete dial with a delightful surrounding a few miles from canterbury in the beautiful grounds which surround chilham castle and house is a richly designed dial which was put up between seventeen forty one and seventeen seventy four the pedestal elaborately carved is of stone much weathered and time-worn the metal plate is richly engraved and bears the crest and arms of the colebrooks a hampshire family and the maker's name thomas wright instrument maker to his majesty george the second before saying good-bye to this pleasant example of dial craft let us glance at the castle ruins which consist of an octagonal norman keep of three stories the remainder having been pulled down at different times the first defensive position here was probably a roman camp and subsequently to this it was said that king lucius a brito-roman chief erected a fortress afterwards enlarged by the saxon kings after the conquest it came into the hands of sir fulbert de dover one of the dover castle knights and in the seventeenth century sir dudley diggs erected an entirely new house which descended from him to the colebrooks whose arms are upon the dial 
and lastly to the family of the hardys its present owners to whose courtesy i am indebted for permission to make the sketch and for the information here given in the churchyard which is adjacent to the castle grounds is a dial in all probability designed by the famous inigo jones note the graceful form of the stone shaft and the simple line of the gnomon with its curious stout copper support which mr charles hardy told me was placed there after an attempt had been made to wrench the gnomon from the plate the maker's name g steadman london but with no date is engraved on the dial plate in dean hole's garden at rochester is a stone dial shaped somewhat like a thick short anchor surmounting a simple square pedestal it marks the boundary line between the two parishes of st margaret and st nicholas the dean pointed out to me that the anchor part turns readily on a pivot and on the south side of the pedestal is fixed an engraved metal plate giving a table of equations by which the anchor may be adjusted to tell the true time at any period of the year the total height is about five feet six inches and the whole is of grey stone and so covered over with moss and damp stain was it that i had to scrape a considerable amount of it off before i could decipher even one single numeral on the isle of thanet about midway between margate and ramsgate is the pleasant straggling little village of minster which possesses two ancient dials worthy of note the one of which i give a sketch stands hard by the western gate of the yard of the church and has seen considerably better days though it bears proof of having been lovingly tended of late years inscribed around the dial are the dates of three several restorations in eighteen forty one eighteen seventy three and again in eighteen ninety the last apparently being by langley brothers of st lawrence carved deeply and boldly into one of the flat members of the oaken shaft is a date sixteen forty one and the initials w h and g r the dial has a curious cut-off look and one is led to suppose by its general proportions that the shaft was originally very much taller but had probably become rotten through the extreme damp and had broken off only to be set up again in shortened form or can it be that as the years have rolled on for sixteen forty one is a long long time ago that it has become partially buried by ever thickening graves and surface accumulations it is worth while to glance at the church which is cruciform it has a norman nave early english transepts and choir in which are some humorously carved miserere stalls an old chained bible and a chest made out of an oak trunk are too to be seen close by to the east of the church on one of the chimneys of minster court which dates from the twelfth century is the other dial to which i referred it was originally painted white with black numerals and was restored by j swinniford esq in eighteen fifty six who then placed that date and his initials above the then existing motto upon the dial which runs as follows tempora labunta qui nobis periunt et impotantur time glides by which perishes for us and is reckoned tramp a couple of miles across country from smeath station and one comes to the little old world place of aldington where once the archbishops of canterbury had a hunting palace its church of which erasmus was rector in fifteen eleven has a noble tower 
built by archbishop wareham in henry the seventh's time standing on an eminence facing romney marsh a landmark for many a mile around in the surrounding garden of sleep is a dial on a wooden shaft whose days are verily numbered it is moss-grown weather-beaten time-worn warped and rotten to the core but natheless a delightfully picturesque one i gathered that mr reginald blomfield the well-known architect son of the present rector was about to design an entirely new shaft for it so one was glad of the opportunity ere it was swept away of making the sketch here given it bears one of the most popular of all dial mottoes periant et impotentur and immediately underneath its free translation the hours pass and i reckoned a date seventeen ninety nine the initials t m thomas mills and w m william marshall who were once church wardens of aldington are painted just below the motto limpney the portus limanis of the romans and one of their great garrison stations now a decayed village possesses a type of dial in the churchyard which i imagine has no counterpart the circular plate is old and too the brickwork of the base but the shaft and dial table around the latter of which in raised letters is the oft-repeated motto periant et impotentur are of comparatively modern cast iron the general effect of the whole resembling an attenuated-looking refreshment table besides several ancient dials on the south doorway of the norman and early english church of smeath which i have previously mentioned there is hard by the pathway leading to the south porch a dear old-fashioned picturesque-looking dial the pedestal is of oak rusty black set on a little square platform of reddish-brown moss-covered and grass-grown tiles which are bordered by four oaken timbers heavily clamped with iron the dial plate is eight inches square and the gnomon is supported by a stout copper rod in the same curious manner as the one at chillum the initials e h and c w church wardens and the date eighteen twenty six are carved on three of the sides of the shaft the date probably referring to the last restoration the whole is rapidly going to decay and is split in several places almost from top to bottom fixed against the red weather tiling and a few feet above the doorway of an old boot shop in the high street of rye is an oval dial of unusual interest and in excellent preservation mr wellstead its owner told me that it is probably about a hundred years old forty odd years ago the shop was a jeweller's and of course it is not unlikely that he placed it there it is rather under two feet in its largest dimension has a white ground with black numerals and style and in a deeply recessed panel in the centre has a figure apparently of plaster modelled in high relief and painted black representing father time bald-headed and i am bound to add with ears almost as large and protuberant as a donkey's bearing scythe and hourglass he is represented treading upward and onward on his dark pathway there is another dial at rye on the courthouse or town hall of which i am able to give a sketch it was presented in eighteen thirty one to the town by colonel sir de lacy evans of crimean repute m p for rye at one time 
and afterwards at the time of his death m p for westminster it is of stone and was placed originally on the grammar school but was removed i believe in jubilee year to its present position it too in a central panel has a representation of devouring time and the curious will observe that he is without hands head or feet not to mention being minus half an arm immediately above is carved the quite under the circumstances appropriate motto tempus edax rerum time the devourer of all things seeing that he had already apparently demolished his own head hands and feet not to mention other details one smiled as one realized for once the eternal fitness of things on the southern face of the norman tower rich in exterior arcading of the church of st mary the virgin at dover is an old vertical dial interesting perhaps more to the artist than to the busy passers-by who have not time in this workaday world to linger to see the passing of the shadow but glance doubtless at an obtrusive modern clock lately placed upon the tower's western face the dial is of wood about two and a half feet square originally painted white in the centre and surrounded by a broad black border upon which are painted in white somewhat irregularly the numerals two wide strips of lead nailed above and to the east side form a sort of watershed and protection during stress of weather and help to give the dial quite a piquancy of its own dear old dials they seem to possess a charm for so many types of mind of interest alike to the archaeologist and the architect the poet and the painter while others find just the study of dial mottoes a fascinating pursuit and no wonder for they are sometimes so truly fine and almost always worthy of attention on a dial which stood in front of the exhibition buildings in edinburgh in eighteen eighty six but which has since been removed and known as prince albert victor's dial were graven no fewer than nine mottoes four of which i here give i mark but the hours of sunshine time is the chrysalis of eternity time and tide tarry for no man tack tent of time ere time be tint at dunbar on a dial dated sixteen forty nine runs the motto watch for ye know not the hour and on one on the corner of a house near edinburgh dated sixteen eighty three is graven as the sun runs so death comes what a peaceful one is that on the walls of a church in the north of yorkshire in colo Chius. in heaven is rest now is yesterday's tomorrow is to be found on a slate dial in nottinghamshire the night cometh which is engraven on a tower of a church in surrey seems to embody the story all dials have to tell us end of sundials part two by warrington hogg